Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Tell somebody beside you, there is nothing that can stop you. If you conquer yourself, if you conquer yourself, I want you to turn with me to Numbers, the 13th chapter, 27 verse. This is, a, this is a, a particular place in scripture where Moses sent some spies. He sent 12 spies out to, to spy the land. Say, hey, we're just about close to the promised land, the land of Canaan. I want y'all to go a couple days journey, go and spy it out. And this is what happened. They came back with a report and they told him, we came to the land which you sent us, Moses. And we've got proof. It does flow with milk and honey. And this is the fruit. They brought back some examples of where they're going. However, this is where we get in trouble. God made a promise. We can see it. We've got a sample of what the, what the promise looked like, but then we start looking at the other. However, the people who dwell in that land are strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. And besides this, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Yes. The Amalekites dwell in the land of Najab. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the Jordan. But look, but Caleb. Yes. Somebody say, but Caleb. But Caleb quieted the people. See, they say, look, we've got fruit in our hands. It exists, but it's guarded by strong people. You got to understand that the sons of Anak were giants. It's like, it exists, but there's giants in the land. It exists, but it's fortified, and the people are very strong. But Caleb, somebody say, but Caleb. He quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once. Occupy it. Why is it? Because we are well able. Do y'all remember how God let us cross the Red Sea? Do y'all remember how God sent plagues and he sent locusts and he turned the, turned the water to blood? Do y'all remember how God sent a death angel and he killed everybody else but us? Do y'all realize how special we are? We are able. Yes, the giants are in the land. But my decision is we are able we're able tell somebody tell them you're able we let us go up at once and occupy it for we are well able to overcome it then the men who had gone up before him said we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are I want to talk about and the reason I read that, that the, the, I, wanted, I wanted you to see the dichotomy of the same people seeing the same information seeing the same giants but they had two different outcomes we can be living the same existence facing the same trials started up from the same starting line 
And it's all about your perspective of who you are and whose you are that determines your future. I want to talk for a couple of minutes about a theory of fight versus flight. Somebody say fight versus flight. One more scripture I want to read to you and it's real short. And it's this. It's, it's, it's Timothy. The first Timothy 6 chapter 12 verse. Paul is writing to Timothy. He says, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Somebody say fight versus flight. You may be seated. I want you to understand that in every person, every animal, every organism, there is a thing that we call instinct. Somebody say instinct. Scientists declare fight versus flight, fight or, uh, fight or flight as this. The instinctive response to a threatening situation which causes one uh, either to resist forcibly or to run away. Let me put that in layman's terms. When you meet opposition, when you feel something is a detriment and danger to you, what is your response? Do you fight it or do you run from it? Here in this situation that we're using as a case study today, there were, there were all these 12 men that Moses sent, and they all saw the same information. They saw the milk. They saw the honey. They saw the fruit. God, God, you did, just, you, you did not lie. It exists. But they look at the surrounding circumstances. And the others said, we're not able to do it because they're strong. But, but Kayla said, wait a minute. Their response is, we got to flee from this. Wait a minute, y'all. We got to use caution. You know, God said it, but it's guarded by dangerous people. But Caleb said, no, we're going to fight this thing. They may be strong. They may be fortified walls, but our God is stronger. Do you realize that we are favored? And I want you to understand that whatever you're facing today, you have a decision to fight it or flee it. Many of us, we choose to flee it because it's, you know what, God, you know, God, if, if, if you meant for it to be, then it would be easy. Let me tell you something. Canaan land will always be guarded by giants. Your area of promise will always be guarded by somebody who says you're not going to get it. And if we're looking for everything, for everything to open up like automatic door when we walk at the supermarket, it's not going to work that way. Somebody say fight or flight. Which one are you going to do? Which one are you going to do? If you know that God is on your side, God desires that you have it. He wouldn't have spoken and put it in your heart if he didn't intend for you to make it to Canaan. But the fact of the matter is, you got to make a decision. Am I going to fight it or am I going to run from it? That's what Paul is telling us. You got to fight the good fight of faith. Somebody say fight with faith. Fight with faith. First point is, faith demands that a fight happen. There'd be no need for faith if there were not opposition. If we spoke everything and it just showed up and popped up, if we walked to everything, you know, and we thought everything and, and, and everything was just a bed of roses, we wouldn't need faith. 
The fact that the, the reason we need faith is that because they are external forces that are opposing us. And, they, and that's what he told. He said, out of all that you're doing, Timothy, I need you to fight the good fight of faith, meaning that there are other fights that you can do. There are other things that you can fight. There are other people that you can fight. There are other systems. You can fight this politically. You can fight this financially. But I'm telling you, if you fight the fight of faith, everything that you need is wrapped up in your faith fight. And that is the war that we are, we are, we are, 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 are fighting every day. It is a fight with our faith. What do we believe? Do, do, uh, 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 what, what, I'm, I'm let me tell you this. Yeah, yeah, God, this is what I'm saying. When you get a word, prepare for it to be tested. When you get something that really resonates with your spirit, when you have something that is revelation, when you get something that is a true word of, of where you're about to go and what you're about to do, prepare for a fight. Because the enemy knows that if I let this thing take root, they're going to accomplish it. If I let this thing take root, they're going to tear my kingdom down. If I let this thing take root, they're going to get their whole family saved. If I let this, so I've got to fight them. I've got to squelch it while it's in seed form. You do know that's how the devil does. When, 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 uh, when Herod heard that Jesus was born, the king of the Jews, he tried to snuff Jesus out when he was young. When, when, they, when they heard that a deliverer was being born uh, amongst in Egypt, they tried to snuff Moses out. The devil's always going to try to snuff something out in seed form because he's scared that if it takes root and it begins to grow, he's in trouble. And what I'm telling you today, every time you get a word that is confirmed, and affirming in your life get ready for a fight the devil comes with intimidation the devil comes with fear the question is how do you respond to danger how do you respond when you are threatened how do you respond when you're like oh, oh there go a giant oh my goodness I see Canaan it's, it's within arm's reach but a giant is guarding it. My question is, what is your response when you feel a threat? I'm going to talk about two types of fights today. Somebody say fight or flight. First is an external fight. Ephesians 6 and 10 says this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God. Why would you put armor on if you're not prepared to fight? Do you understand what he's saying? Put on the whole armor of God that you may withstand against the schemes and the plot of the enemy. Look at this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers oh that's high powers amen over the present darkness against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and look at this and having done all you can do just 
Let me tell you something, people of God. It's important. Tell somebody there was a fight. But you have to know who your enemy is. See, the enemy knows he can't stop you. So his next objective is to confuse you. To get you emotional and get you looking over here while he's doing something over there. And so you got to be keenly aware. See, we need, we asking God, God, give me the discernment so I can pick out devils. Or my, my, no, no, no. You need discernment. That God, show me who the real enemy is. See, the devil don't always come. He don't come in with a Halloween devil suit and a pitchfork saying, I'm the devil. The devil don't always look like the devil. And you need to, God, show me who the real enemy is. Show me. And it may not be a who. Because the word of God says, we don't battle against flesh and blood. See, the enemy needs a body to manifest in. But it's a spiritual wickedness that's behind driving the people. So I don't want you to go home and call your husband a devil. I don't want you to go on a on, on job in the morning because you might get written up and sent home. You ain't nothing but a devil. No, you're going to get sent home and then you're going to blame that on the devil. No, that's your fault. You don't have to fight flesh and blood, but what you can do is use part of your armor and fight the good fight of faith. What are we saying? The sword of the spirit. The helmet of salvation. How is your thinking when you get in adversity? I'm talking about what is your instinctive response. See, fight versus flight is an instinct. People don't have no choice in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like if, 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 some, if somebody, uh, and, and, I, and I know nobody uh, that has more of an instinct to fight and to cover like a mother over her children. Without even thinking, Somebody, I, I, I saw uh, a couple of weeks ago that this that this man was the lady was in Walmart or some 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 supermarket like that, and he just came calmly and pulled the little girl by her hand and started walking away with her. He was about to abduct her, and the mama was was shopping looking and she realized it and she held her daughter and was fighting with this man. This man, even though he didn't let go, he was fighting. The little girl was like a wishbone. They were pulling the pulling, and that mother, that instinct of a fighter, she, she didn't know the man's name. She didn't know. All she knew is that there was danger to her promise. There was danger to her child. There was danger to something she carried nine months. There was danger to something. And she said, you're going to have to kill both of us, but I am not letting my baby go. Can somebody agree with that mothers in this room? Something that you carried, something that you that you got stretch marks for, something, something that, that you nursed, that, that you nursed and that you held and that you that you felt it kick. Your mama will fight for her babies. And if you understand that, what about this promise you've been carrying in your bosom all your life? What about this destiny you've been working on and you've been nurturing and you've been crying for and you're going to let the devil come in and just snatch it away from you? Oh no, devil, I'm going to fight this thing. My whole purpose for being here is that I fulfill what God has called me to do. And I don't care what devil, I don't care what slew-footed, pigeon-toed devil comes and try to try to suppress what God has put in me. Tell somebody, I will fight. 
So many times we choose, you know what? If it was meant for me, God, I, I I, God would allow me to keep it. And, you know, this is just too hard for me. I'm just going to let it go. Maybe God got something better for me. We, tell, we, we, we anesthetize ourselves by telling us all these things to make us feel better about, my, about our failure. God said, if you ain't willing to fight for it, why should I have given it to you in the first place? It's easy, it's easy to get a thing. It's harder to keep a thing. God said, are you willing to be a fighter? Or are you just going to run away from it? Somebody say fight versus flight. Here's the other thing. Some of us know what the enemy is. Some of us know who the enemy is. We know who the enemy is using. And we know how the enemy is using it. But we are in denial. And you cannot defeat an enemy that you deny the existence of. I'm going to say that again. You cannot defeat an enemy that you deny the existence of. Some of us think if I ignore it, it'll just go away. But you turn around after walking all these miles and they're right there behind you. You go to another city and it's right there behind you. You go to another church and it's right there behind you. You get a new girlfriend and it's not, it's right there behind you. You get a new boyfriend and it's right behind you. You get a new job and you get a new, if I just transfer to this department, everything will be okay. If I just go to this city, everything will just be okay. If I, if I, if, if I stop doing this and I start doing this, if I read these books, it'll just other way. And if you look around, it's attached to you and everywhere you go, it's going. I told you a long time, everywhere you go, you're going to take you with you. And until you deal with you, nothing is going to change. You can blame it on everybody. This job didn't work out. That relationship didn't work out. That church didn't work out. That didn't work out. Do you realize the common denominator? It's you. So everybody else wrong. Everybody else fault. They just don't get me. It's everybody else fault. When the common denominator is me versus me. We can be in the same scenario, but my response can be different from your response, and you wonder how I made it and you didn't, is because I conquered me. I conquered my thinking, I conquered my responses, and when I was faced with adversity, my response was to fight it, not to flee it. And in this season, if we're going to seize it, somebody say seize it. This is a year of seizure. This is a year that we're going to grab the very thing that God has promised for us, but seize it means by it's going to be forcibly taken. Meaning that the enemy ain't going to say, here you go, boss. No, you have to snatch it from the devil. You have to snatch your children back into the kingdom. You're going to have to snatch your husband back into the kingdom. You're going to have to snatch your promises out the hands of an enemy that is, that is drooling and has snarling teeth and is waiting to tell you live from live. You're going to have to fight. But you can't fight an enemy that you deny its existence and so my challenge to you today don't just go fighting anybody 
know somebody just want to fight anybody get in no 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 find out who your enemy is now we're transitioning from external to internal because the greatest enemy is enemy the greatest battle that you ever fight is within yourself so it's easy for us to say, oh, they are against me. Oh, they're against me. Oh, they're just hating on me. Oh, they're just this. Oh, they're just that. You know, that's fine. He prepares a table in my presence of my enemies. Yeah, all that is true. But let's not be in denial that we have some self-destructive, toxic tendencies that are tearing us up. And like I said, everywhere you go, you're going to take you with you. You can't separate you from yourself. And so my question is, how do I best position myself? And here's what we'll do. This is, this, this is a coping mechanism that's really enveloped denial. We will be busy fighting for other people. We'll go being an advocate for other people. Oh, it just makes me feel so good. I'm being an advocate. I'm standing up for, I'm standing up for the voiceless. I'm helping the hopeless. And all the while, you, 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 you're taking care of somebody else's grass and somebody else's yard. But God said, if you don't deal with what's in your own closet, if you don't deal with them skeletons, if you don't deal with them zombies that's buried in your backyard, I don't care how many people you help, you're going to end up tripping and falling in your own ditch. like I always tell you before I'm reminded every time I get on a plane they say in case of loss of cabin pressure there was a mask that's going to fall down and they say secure your own mask before you secure the mask of others anybody flown recently and you heard them say that there's revelation in that we're so busy trying to fix everybody else and it, it's, it's a way for, if, if I'm busy out here fixing everybody else, I don't have to deal with me. I don't have to deal with my inadequacy. I don't have to deal with my insecurities. I don't have to deal with the fact that I don't like myself when I look at myself in the mirror. I don't have, I don't have to deal with the fact I, I, I'm being Mother Teresa and people, and people are lavishing me. Well, you're so good and you're so helpful and you're so sweet that we are not dealing with our own demons. God said, you're fleeing from the issue, calling yourself trying to help other people. And God said, you need to secure your own mask first. I'm giving a pregnant pause because I want you to think that you need to secure your own mask first. You need to make sure you can survive <laughs> before you try to make, help other people survive and that's what's wearing us out in the spirit that's what's wearing us out in our emotions that we are going playing dog catcher in a humane society for everybody else and we're not tending to our own flaws we're not tending to our own demons we're not tending to our own generational curses that are nipping at our heels and we think just because you can't, you can't, you can't outdo in other people what you need to do for yourself I'm telling you, you got to address your needs. So what am I saying? Pastor Tony is saying you have permission 
over the next couple of weeks to be selfish to fix you? Are you going to fight it? Or are you going to flee from it? Because you've been running from you a long time. But everywhere you go, if you turn around and look in the mirror, you're still with you. Running from your past and running from your future at the same time. Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? And God has said, you got to take care of your own self first. And let me tell you something. When you do it, you're going to upset some people. Because people have vested interests in them always being able to leech off of you. So when you go to changing, you acting different. Yes, I am. Listen, I'm securing my mask first. And if I have time and capacity, I will help you to secure yours. But if you follow me as I follow Christ, I can show you it's better to teach a man a fish than to give him a fish. And we've been giving people fish every day. You want some fish? You want some fish? You want some fish? And we're over here starving and we are malnourished because we're trying to save everybody in the town. But God is saying you need to fight with these toxic ways inside of you. And if you don't, I appreciate, I appreciate you feeding the homeless. I appreciate you helping the down, downtrodden. But there's still a need to address what's in your house. The Williams brother said it like this, sweep around your own front door before you try to sweep around mine. Now that's kind of say stay, stay, stay out of other people's business, but what I, what, what I am saying is, you are a better you for the world when you take care of you first. Come on, y'all. Sometimes some things make too much sense. We can, we, it can, it can, you, 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 you are a better mother when you take care of you. You are a better wife when you take care of you first. Even Jesus, after he finished performing miracles, Jesus would, Jesus would get gone real quick. Because he knew the ability of self-care. You, do you hear me? The ability of taking care of yourself so I can be the best version of myself for the world. Am I saying skip church and go and go to the spa? No, I am. No, no, we do things in perspective. Because guess what? Gathering amongst God's people is part of self-care. Because iron can sharpen iron. The strong can bear the infirmities of the weak. But there are some other things in life that are, that are not optional. I was talking with my wife the other day. And it, it, this, this is free. It's kind of some, something I thought about myself and a little bit of what I heard. But a bucket system. What are the things I want to do? What are the things I'd like to do? What are the things I need to do? And what are the things I've got to do? When you segregate, you create priority for your life. But when we get emotional, everything gets thrown in the bucket together. 
and life is screaming at us and you're getting a text from here and you're getting a call from there and that's you know you're running doing everything and you have lost yourself and God said you need to deal with yourself first somebody say fight versus flight last thing I'm going to share with you here is you may say Pastor Tony I want to fight I do but I'm tired boy I've been fighting so long that you get weary. Anybody ever got weary from fighting? It'd be easier just to let it go. Am I telling truth in this play? There's an antidote for that. One of the greatest people, and we've been talking about Paul a whole lot. Paul had, some believe that he had epilepsy. He had some neurological condition. And he went to God about it. And he said this. He was writing to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 12, 8th chapter. He said three times. Somebody say three times. Now, if you know it's Paul, he ain't just like, Jesus, would you just fix it? No, he probably went in, I mean, some, some travail and some, and, and, and some fasting. I mean, he did it fervently, right? He said three times, look at this, I pleaded with the Lord. This ain't just a simple ask about this. That it should leave me. But look at God's response. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Look at this. For my power is made perfect. Perfect. Let me, let, me, let me announce it, you're right. In your weakness. I'm talking about Paul, the modern day father of the, of the, of the New Testament church. He prayed for people and people were healed. Boy fell, a boy fell out, of the, out of a window, broke his neck. He prayed for him and, and, and healed him. He, he established a modern-day church. He created the infrastructure for the modern-day church. And Paul, the greatest among us, had a thorn in his flesh, and he pleaded for God to take it away. Now, God said it in a fancy way. My grace is sufficient. But the fact of the matter is, if we boil it down to it, God said no. He said it in a nice way. But God said no. How do you deal with the no's of God? Oh, everybody loves what God says. Yes, when God gives green lights, woo, thank you, God. Yeah, God, I'm walking in. But what do you do when God says no? Or oh, if he doesn't say no, he said just not yet. You're not ready. That starts another fight. The fight within ourselves. See, it's easy to point out an enemy out there, but the internal fight, do I keep going? Do I keep serving? Do I keep loving? Do I keep trying? And God said to Moses, 
to, 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 to Paul. My answer is no, but I'm just not going to leave you with a simple no. No, but I've given you grace to endure it. And I want you to understand that even in God's no, it's attached with a grace to get through it. Everybody's standing. Somebody say fight versus flight. And look at his response when God said no. Look at his response, people of God. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness. Look at this. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. His mind frame changed in two sentences. God, would you take, I'm Paul and I'm looking weak. Let's just assume it is epilepsy. Can you imagine people, people, uh, people uh, 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 sitting at Paul's feet to learn of his wisdom and in the middle of him teaching, all of a sudden he has an epileptic seizure or something like that. Can you imagine the, the, the dichotomy? This man is full of wisdom, yet he has no control over his own body. Do you understand how embarrassing that may have been? After all, I'm Paul. I'm the one that persecuted you and you changed me and, and, and I'm going to all these countries and I'm establishing all these churches. God's a good you please just take away this thing God said no I want to show the world that despite what you're going through I still can use you I want to show the world that despite your past of what you've been through and despite your abnormalities and despite your deficiency and despite your disability I still can use you so therefore my answer is no but as a consolation, I give you my grace. Somebody lift your hand and say, God, thank you for your grace. And Paul's response was, you know what? God said no to me, but the grace that he gave me shows me that his strength is attracted to my weakness. And that is worth the whole trip in this place. Y'all trying to hide your weaknesses. You're trying, to, you're, trying to say, you're trying to say, I don't want people to see this. God said, if you would just be open and honest about your weaknesses, that is an attractive magnet to my strength. God is saying, my strength is perfected. The weaker you are, and I would add to it, the weaker you're willing, the weaker you're willing to admit to. See, because we're good fronters. The best actors in the world are in the church. All Tyler Perry got to do is come to church and he can find a whole, everybody he ever needs because the best actors are in the church. Because we love to go around saying, I'm blessed and high, I'm highly favored and nothing is wrong when we need to be screaming, help! Yeah. After all, help is where y'all in the sanctuary. But Paul said, God said no. But instead of him saying, yes, he gave me grace. And so I am boasting in my weakness. See, many of us, we're trying to hide. We're trying to hide our weaknesses. Yeah, no, no, no. ain't nobody going to put the picture on social media when your hair all looking crazy. You're going to look at when your hair is laid and your face is beat. 
But Paul said, I am boasting in my weakness. Why? You know why? Because it, it draws the strength. <laughs> it draws the strength of Jesus. And so he says, it draws the strength of Jesus for the sake of Christ. Then I am content with weakness. Let me, let, 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 let me, let me rightly divide this word for you. I'm not content in my dysfunction. Don't confuse your dysfunction with your weakness. Your dysfunction is something that you can fix. But, but I'm talking about a real weakness, a real inability, a real thing that you cannot change on your own. Every dysfunction, you need to go to somebody and get some help to change it. But, but, but Paul is saying, I, I am glad that I have this weakness. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions and calamities for when I am weak then I am strong you know what Paul was saying I won the war over pride I won the war over pride. After all, I am Paul. I am the one that is writing uh, uh, three-fifths of the New Testament. I'm the one establishing the modern-day church. How dare you, God, allow me to be uh, afflicted with epilepsy, allow me afflicted with this condition that embarrasses me. What he is saying is I've learned to embrace my weakness because in my weakness I prove the strength of God. And the greatest fight you will ever fight is the fight with your pride. This is the reason God said he hates it. He hates a prideful heart because a prideful heart says I don't need God. A prideful heart makes a God of itself. And God is a jealous God and won't have another God before him. Y'all see how everything fits together. And so I want to admonish you today. To yield your weakness. To his power. Let me tell you something. Got two analogies and I'm going to let you go. Everybody knows what a bullet is, right? A bullet does not have strength of power. It only has potential. But the power is in the gun. And it's not until the bullet is put in the gun and the trigger is pulled that the potential is released. You can go around throwing bullets at people. I mean, it may tan them or, you know, you may scrape them a little bit, but its true lethal ability will never be released until it is it submits. Until it yields to the higher power. I want you to know, as great as you are, you're just nothing, you're nothing more than a bullet without a gun. Until you yield, until you yield your weakness. I've got great potential, but I'm weak. I need another piece to complete me, to get the, 
the full potential out of me. And until you submit your will, your way, your talents, your abilities, your, 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 your shortcomings, your greatness, your victories, and your failures, until you submit it all to the master, all you'll ever be is a bullet without a gun. All you'll ever be is a seed that never reaches its full potential. A seed is nothing but a seed until it yells itself to the ground. Oh, God. Until it is buried, until earthworms are crawling all around it, and until it's moist and it's wet and it gets stinky. It gets stinky. A seed will not release its potential of its future. Amongst other seeds, it has to yield its potential to the ground. And that is what God is challenging us to do today. Are you going to fight it? Or are you going to flee it? Everybody hold their hands with somebody. God, we thank you. Come on, begin to pray. there are many things that we should be fighting there are some things we should flee away from but we thank you we thank you in your infinite wisdom that your word has found us today Lord will we be like the other or will we be like Caleb that we are well able Lord we thank you right now that you infuse us with your power to fight this thing. Fight these urges. Fight these disappointments. Fight this family curse. God, we thank you that today we put our Vaseline on our face and we get ready to fight. Yes, God. Yes, yes. 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 Lord, you empower the fighter, not the fleer. You stand with the fighter, not the fleer. So we thank you right today. Lord, will we make a conscious decision, God, that we will fight. We will stay. And we will fight. And we will fight. And we will win. We will stay. And we will fight. And we will fight. And we will win. We gotta, we're not going to take the easy route and take our hands off of it. We're not going to take the easy route and a wave of flag of surrender. Everything that you have given us, God, we will fight for it. We may get nicked up, but we're going to fight. We may get injured, but we're going to fight. We may get let down and disappointed, but by God, we're going to fight this great fight of faith. We're not going to battle with our own members, but we're going to battle with our spirits. For flesh can't comprehend this. That's the reason many of us have been tired, because we've been trying to fight it with our flesh. We've been trusting with our own minds and in our own abilities, and it is wearing you out. God said, I need you to fight the good fight of faith. Meaning that there is a bad fight that you can have. God, forgive us for fighting wrong. Forgive us for fighting the wrong enemy. Forgive us for fighting a bad fight. 
For God, we turn our hearts towards you today, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, so that we can fight the good fight of that faith. And so, God, we pray, for a, we pray the faith of a fighter in the hand of our neighbor. We pray the faith of a fighter. You will not give up, and you will not give in. You will not throw in the towel. Stand up, fighter. Stand up, fighter. Fight the good fight of faith. We don't battle against flesh and blood, but it's a principality. It's a power. It's a ruler of darkness in high places. We fight the battle in the spirit. We fight the battle on our knees. And so, God, we will fight the good fight of faith. Lord, will you send a wind of refreshing to your people? Lord, your strength is made perfect in our weakness. So, God, we won't run from our weakness any longer. We won't run. We won't hide. We won't shield. We won't lie about and deny our weaknesses any longer. Yes, I'm hurt. Yes, I'm wounded. Yes, I'm feeble. But, God, I need your strength. And so I boast in my weakness today. I boast in my weakness knowing that I attract your strength. when I'm your weakness. God, we're going to fight and we won't flee. We bind up fear. For you have not given us that spirit of fear, but you've given us love, power, and a sound mind. We thank you for the ability to wage war in our minds. fight against the foe of our future. God, we love you. God, we bless you. And we declare that we will fight. And when we fight, we will win. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. All the warriors make some noise in the room. Let the devil know I'm coming to get my stuff. Let the devil know I'm taking back what's mine. Let the devil know you have you messed with me long enough and I am coming with the fight. Come on, come on. Let the devil know. The first thing you can do is let the devil know which your, your praise is a weapon. Your praise is a weapon. Come on. Your praise is a weapon. It is a modified weapon of mass destruction. When you combine your faith with your praise, you will confuse the enemy. Come on, somebody. Somebody give God glory in the truth. Hey! Come on, somebody let a war cry out. Let the devil know I'm coming. Let the devil know I'm coming. Get ready or not. Here I come. I've got a second win. I've got a second win. And I'm coming 
tough fight. Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.